0: It's good to be with you this morning. In this time when we're not able to gather together, thank you for taking time to worship God today and to join together uh, even across the social distancing that we're practicing right now. Is it, has it really just been two weeks, a little over two weeks, since March Madness was canceled? Eighteen days, I think. It seems a lot longer than that to me. (laughs) And though it seemed like a drastic measure at the time, oh, how we love our basketball games. That's when we started to really take this thing seriously, isn't it? We realized that we were dealing with something that could potentially impact the entire planet, and it has. Over 199 nations impacted, over 660,000 persons across the world have been tested positive for COVID-19. Over 30,000 people have died to date. In the United States, 123,000 have tested positive. It's unprecedented. Social distancing is a common household term now. And tomorrow evening, the state of North Carolina, like much of the nation, uh, we, we will be under a stay-at-home order. As it turns out, March Madness has not been canceled at all. We are living March Madness. <laughs> but instead of the big dance, we're all learning to do a little sidestep. Keeping our distance, trying to stay healthy, working to protect our families, our friends, our co-workers, making adjustments daily to how we live our lives in this reality. And as a faith community, it appears less and less likely that we will be able to gather together in our churches to worship on Easter Sunday. Who would have ever imagined that? Even so, we continue our journey today through Lent toward Holy Week, and toward Easter Sunday. Our scripture readings today seem most appropriate. The first that you heard read was the prophet Ezekiel's dramatic vision of the Valley of Dry Bones, and we receive today Ezekiel's vision with gratitude because it is a reminder to every generation, that God not only gives life, but God is able to restore life. It reminds us that God always has the last word and that death does not. Even when all signs of life have been taken away, God has the last word. The prophet Ezekiel lived while Israel was in exile in Babylon. The vision opens with the prophet being brought by the hand and the Spirit of God to a valley full of dry human bones. And after walking around all of these bones, God asks Ezekiel, Mortal, can these bones live? What could be more lifeless than dry bones? What could be more lifeless? Uh, In 2007, my wife Emily and I traveled to Southeast Asia with the General Board of Global Ministries, our United Methodist mission-sending agency. One of the countries we visited was Cambodia. And before we left on the trip, they had told us several things to do. One of them was to watch a movie produced in 1984 called The Killing Fields which was produced just five short years after the fall of the Khmer Rouge and the dictator Pol Pot in Cambodia. The movie uh, depicts a systematic genocide in which a million and a half people, mostly intellectuals and professionals, were killed in an attempt to control the minds of the Cambodian people. They were buried in mass graves that they called killing fields. This was to keep them from being identified, from having their graves identified. Uh, While we were in Cambodia, we visited the killing fields just outside of the capital city of Phnom Penh. uh, And there, large pits had been excavated. And around the edges of the pits, sticking out of the dirt, were human bones, white human bones. And that was probably the closest I will ever be to experiencing what Ezekiel saw in his vision. Ezekiel's vision was given to a people who had lost heart, a people who had suffered a death of the Spirit. They were living in exile in a foreign land. Their temple destroyed, their land and their holy city plundered, their leaders put in chains, their soldiers put to the sword, their young men and women either killed or dragged off into a foreign land. And Ezekiel the prophet had witnessed the soul of his people gradually wither and die, becoming as lifeless as a valley of dry bones. Earlier this week, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, in my daily devotions, I was reading the words of an author who you would have thought was relating Ezekiel 37 to the current pandemic, although these words were written a couple of years ago. Uh, This is what she wrote. Today our lives are scattered by unforeseen events. Faith can't seem to find breath amidst the chaos. Our way forward seems impossible God says to Ezekiel, is new life possible when people despair? Can community be built among people who are separated by fear? And Ezekiel replies honestly, I don't know. But God, I do know, and I believe that you know. The most faithful response Ezekiel is able to give in response to God is to confess that he can't envision the possibility for the dry bones. But if new life is possible, God can envision it, and God can make it happen. Friends, even when we can't envision an end to this current pandemic, God can, and God will make it happen. Let this be our confession as well today. And perhaps this is the right place to move over into today's gospel lesson, the amazing and fascinating account of the rising of Lazarus. And as the story opens, one of Jesus' friends, Lazarus, was seriously ill, and his sisters Mary and Martha had actually sent word to Jesus, but Jesus Had not immediately gone. And when he did arrive in Bethany, as we heard, he was told that Lazarus had in fact died. In fact, he'd been in the tomb for four days. Four days was thought to be the amount of time it took for a soul to journey from earth to heaven. In other words, Lazarus was truly dead. And when Jesus arrives, Mary and Martha both go out to greet Jesus and both say, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Now, whether their statement is a confession of faith or an accusation, it's difficult to determine. But the assertion is this, Jesus is the one who gives life. And moved by Mary's weeping, Jesus asks, Where have you laid him? He orders the stone to be taken away from the tomb, and he cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who had been dead for four days came out of the darkness. In a sign of God's glory, death is overcome, hope is restored. And friends, today God's restoring power is at work among God's people and through God's people. Out of the darkness of this ongoing coronavirus pandemic, hope is emerging. Whenever people worldwide pay tribute to medical workers and first responders who are willing to risk their lives to care for others, hope is emerging. When teachers drive through neighborhoods in their cars in a kind of makeshift parade, waving to their students and wanting them to know that they care, hope is emerging. When Italians sing and play musical instruments from their balconies and open windows, hope is emerging. When people place teddy bears in their windows for children to look at while they're out walking in their neighborhood, hope is emerging. When people provide food for the elderly and for children, for those who continue to deal with food insecurity needs, hope is emerging. When neighbors connect with neighbors that they haven't seen for a while at a safe distance as they're walking in their neighborhoods, hope is emerging. When people put Christmas lights back up To brighten the spirits, hope is emerging. When people sew homemade masks to donate to hospitals, hope is emerging. When people wait in line for two hours to give blood, hope is emerging. This morning I read an article by a friend of mine, Rabbi Eric Solomon. He is the spiritual leader of Uh, Beth Meyer Synagogue in North Raleigh. And at the end of the article, uh, you'll have to read it, but at the end of the article, uh, Rabbi Solomon says this, A crisis may be out of our hands, but our response never is. Our response never is. In the vision of Ezekiel, God called breath to come from the four winds to breathe upon the slain, and it happened. And this is the same life-giving ruach God breathed into the first human beings in the garden. This same breath moves forth in the gospel of John, lifting Lazarus up to resurrection life. And this same breath is moving through our pandemic-consumed world today. And will raise people up to new life, even when the odds seem against it. Friends, we are only two weeks away from the moments on Easter when we would normally renew together the confession of our faith. Do you believe in the God of life who created all that is? Do you believe in Jesus, the crucified and risen Lord, who died and rose for us so that we might have abundant life? Do you believe in the Spirit of God, the divine breath that brings new life wherever it blows? Friends, our confession this year will be no different than it has been in the past because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Human one, can these bones live again? asked God. And we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Most definitely, yes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.